0: Hey, holy homies. So thank you again for joining us this week. I'm really excited for what we're going to talk about. But before we get started, Ashley and I were like reviewing our first episode, you know, kind of going over like some things we need to do again for this episode. One of the things we noticed is we didn't begin in prayer. So we're going to change that this episode this week um and we're gonna keep that going for for the rest of the time starting us off in prayer and this week we're gonna have Ashley do it because big theme we have going on this week is facing your fear and one of ashley's fears is is actually publicly prayed so do you ever get the chance make her publicly pray but i'm gonna make her publicly pray right now for us Because I just want her to get to heaven, and this
1: is one of the ways she can get to heaven. But Jenny,
0: this is, like, for everyone,
1: over the airwaves, for people to hear. But you know what? I will do it. I will. Not my will, but God's, okay? So I will pray just for you and to help me get to heaven. So (laughs) let us start in a prayer. So in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord, um, I th- I thank you for this time for us to get together and talk about our our lives as as Christians um, that we are are free to do that. Um, I ask that you watch over us in this time when. We are going in our new directions, and we know that you are always with us, reaching out your hand to to be with us, to save us, just as you did, Peter. Um, I ask that you continue to watch over us as we go on in our, our directions and that you help us face our fears. We know that. You tell us to confront our fears face on, just like I am in in this prayer, but that you are always, that you never force us to do anything, that you know what we carry in our hearts and know what we are truly made of. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. That's
0: so good. See, that wasn't that bad. You faced a fear. Way to go, Ashley. That's like... So if we were in Harry Potter, it'd be like 10 points for Gryffindor. Were you a Gryffindor? What house were you part of?
1: You know, Jenny, I don't want to be like, you know, let you down. But I never really got into Harry Potter.
0: No! Okay, so I'm just going to decide for you. You're a Hufflepuff. Um, I don't know if that's a good that's thing a good or a bad thing. thing. Um, well, we're going to change that. We're going to get you into Harry Potter. But before that, how are you? How's life? What's up?
1: Jenny, I am so good. Um, I actually got to sub for the uh, first time this school year in the first week of school. Oh, my goodness. So blessed. I got to see the kiddos, and it was it was just an awesome experience. You know, it does look a little different with all of the rules and regulations right now. But it was just such a blessing to see everyone back at school, you know, trying to stay healthy. And so that was one. But two, also my family is moving. So just finalizing some things there and getting, you know, moving to our our new beginning in our new house. So, yeah, all exciting things over Here in Eagle River, but Jenny, you have some exciting things going on in your life. Can you tell us about those?
0: Yeah, so I moved out to Bismarck, North Dakota, to start school at the University of Mary. Uh, I moved out a little early though because I'll be working in dining services. So we had uh, ordinate, not ordination, (laughs) um, orientation. That would have been awkward. All right, <laughs> an orientation day, and it was not the most exciting thing. We started at nine a.m. and we didn't get done till five p.m. And it was a lot of us just like watching videos and watching like safety things and talking about like how COVID's a real thing, so we need to like be watchful and stuff. And you know, you gotta do what you gotta do, uh, but tomorrow is the official like moving day for everyone else so right now there's like no one else here on campus which has been kind of nice but also like really boring so i i'm new to this whole area and so i don't really know what to do or like where to go so i've been adventuring out but you can only adventure out by yourself for so long before it gets boring um so yeah my I'm in a whole bunch of new, but it's also kind of boring. It's fine. So, Ashley, since our theme is just, like, talking about new and all different aspects of life, I think it'd be really cool if we just talked about one new thing that we learned between this episode and the last episode. So, what is one new thing you've learned this last month?
1: That's, oh my goodness, you know, I'm always learning new things, I'm always in a place to, you know, learn and grow, but I think one of the the biggest things I've learned in the past month is just the generosity of people is just so overwhelming, at least to my family, you know, we have some friends here, and they're like, oh, we hear you're moving, um, and they didn't you know hesitate to jump right in and ask what we needed of them or they they were willing they they wanted to help us in any way that they could they're like oh do you have things to move big items small items whatever um yeah just the generosity of people when kind of like treat others the way you want to be treated so if you're kind to them they're going to reciprocate that you hope so yeah that is one of the biggest things I learned in the past month so Jenny since I learned that and the generosity of people um what is one thing that you learned in the past month especially with your big move
0: (laughs) um definitely mine is not as deep as yours but I being here you know i'm pretty limited on like what i get to watch just because like i forgot my movie player at movie player dvd player at my house so i'm resorted to only watching what's on my ps4 which is not a lot um but one of my favorite uh movie series that is on my ps4 is twilight okay I have been watching Twilight for a different movie each night for the past, you know, week. And for the longest time I was a team Jacob fan. Like, I think it was mostly because he's a wolf. Like I was like, dude, he's so awesome to be a wolf. So I obviously was like team Jacob, like whatever. Um, but watching these series, like watching this series again and just like watching the relationship and like the person of Jacob, I have come to be like, oh, no, he's actually, like, this really awful guy. <laughs> like, he does not, want he doesn't understand boundaries. Like, he just, like, it's like, oh, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want because I'm a wolf and I'm a guy and I know what's better for you. And it's like, no, Jacob, like, there's boundaries. You got to stick to them, buddy. And then he also, like, I uh, like he says he loves bella but then he doesn't even like respect her enough to like let her make her own decisions and just like i let him like yes so i have now turned a new leaf and accepting that i am more of a team edward fan than a team jacob fan which might break some hearts out there, but it needed to be done. I needed to switch. Watching this series over again, I was like, no, like, he's not that great of a guy.
1: I am so glad you came to that <laughs> conclusion because I, since the beginning, you know, I actually, so we were talking about Harry Potter before, I got into Twilight <laughs> more than I did Harry Potter. So I have been a Team Edward fan since the beginning. So I'm sorry, Team Jake fans, but Edward is the best sorry
0: well i think like, when i first started watching this series like i didn't want it like i was like why do you want to be a vampire like literally they're soulless first off second she's cold all the time who wants to be cold all the time there's not one person who loves being cold like i like cold weather don't get me wrong but i don't want to be cold all the time um and so I was just like and then the other thing that I, like she wanted to change into a vampire to be with Edward and it's like so you don't have to change to be with Jacob. He like he accepts you of being human. You don't need to be a werewolf to be with Jacob and but now I just realize like his character is beyond like but he gets better. He does get better as the series goes, but he still has some character flaws, that I just, like, I, I can't get over. I can't do it. Yes, that's our Twilight <laughs> portion of the show. So good. <laughs> Speaking of fears, actually, we weren't speaking of fears. We were speaking of Jacob and Edward. Um, but we're going to change it to fears, because that's what our gospel, well, we're reading from the gospel. That's what it's about. It's about facing our fears. So, Ashley, what's, like,
1: one of your biggest fears. Jenny. I think we've already hit it on the head. When we started this episode. So. um, It is. I have this. I guess irrational. Because some people are like. Ashley you're crazy for having this fear. But literally. I do not like. Praying in a public setting. Like if I am in. You know a small group or we have an end of the night meeting for faith formation or something. I am not the person to volunteer and just be like I will pray, I I will lead prayer. Um no. <laughs> I I would rather just pray by myself. Um yeah. And isn't it like in a gospel somewhere where it's like, you know, <laughs> when you pray, go to your upper room, lock yourself there and pray by yourself and your father will repay you. Yep. So, you know, I'm just trying to live out what the gospel <laughs> says. So, you know, sometimes you're like, not supposed to take it literally, but this time I'm going to take it literally. Um, yeah, I don't, I just, it freaks me out. Cause sometimes I'm like, you know, this person, you know, is probably good at praying better than I am or, you know, so I don't know. I just don't like, praying a lot. Also, I'm afraid of clowns, so that's another, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, okay, so I don't think publicly praying is an irrational fear. I think a lot of people actually have it, just some people don't want to acknowledge they have it. So, like, I would say I do have a little bit of a fear of publicly praying, and it's, yeah, a lot of that same thing, like, But if this person prayed, like, they would be so much better at it than I am. Um, And I think that's a real fear. One thing that really helped me with that fear, though, was, like, totus (laughs) tuus. You're expected to be the one to be like, hey, no one else is, so I guess I'm going to have to pray. So that did help with it. But I would still say it's still one of my fears. Not as big as it once was, but still. Another one of my fears is, and you got to experience this, what was it, like, a couple of weeks ago? So a couple of weeks ago, we went hiking along with another friend, and I, like, I have I already know I have a, a fear of heights, but I'm the type of person who likes to face their fear to, like, check in to see if I'm still actually afraid of it, where it's just, like, all up in my head that I'm afraid of it. So I went and I looked over a 60-foot cliff, And then I started getting dizzy and hyperventilating because my fear kicked in and I was like, oh, no, uh, this is really high. I don't know what to do. Um, And the other friend that was with us, she looked at me and she's like, Jenny, are you okay? Like, are you going to be fine? I'm like, yeah. I just am. I'm scared of heights. And I looked over the edge and we're really high up. And she's like, Why did you do that? I'm like, Well, I wanted to make sure I was still afraid of heights, you know? And um. the,
1: oh my gosh. And mind you, so we are hiking along this trail and this guy comes down from the cliff and he's like, It's a 60 foot drop. So don't go too far to the edge. And no kidding. Like, I. Jenny walks up to the edge and looks over it, and she's like, "Guys, I don't think we should go up. I have it on camera. I have it as a picture. So, um, if anyone wants to see it, if you're around any of us, I, I'm sure I could send it to Jenny. If any of you want to see it, or I have it as well, it's quite funny. But we're like Barso Alto, right? Like <laughs> to
0: the yes. I just I'll link." You. Some people are like, Jenny, like, that's a bad way of approaching your fear. So I'm like, no, like, I want to know if I'm still actually afraid. Because, like, I don't know, I can't remember where I read this, but it was like, by a certain length of time, you actually get over your fear. And so I was like, oh, I'm probably over my fear now. Like, I'm going to be fine. And then I, like, looked over the edge and, no, I was not fine. <laughs> I had a little bit of a anxiety attack and got a little dizzy because I was so far up. But hey, I faced the fear. Not very successfully, but I faced it.
1: So proud.
0: <laughs> so talking about fears, you're probably wondering at this point, guys, where where in the Bible does it talk about fears? Let alone where in the gospel does it talk about fears? Well, this is actually one of Ashley's favorite Bible passages, so I'm so happy we got to do it, and it just really worked well with our theme. It comes from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33, and I'm going to read it to you guys. We're only going to read it once, um, but then we'll discuss what both of us got out of it after. So here we go. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why do you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, You are the
1: son of God. Oh my goodness, that is my, one of my favorite Bible passages. Oh, I, I just love it for so many different reasons. And I think one of the the biggest things that um, I got out of this passage is, facing your fears head on, whether or not you like it. So the disciples did not decide to go on this voyage. It was Jesus who obligates them to go and confront their fears. So at this time it was night, but they were told to set out and they are supposed to set out into life with its dangers and face their insecurities, right? Their on the water, it's nighttime, the the waves are high, you know, white caps, what have you. So Jesus forces, but not in the way like, you know, sometimes you're like, some people might say, oh, I was forced to do this. But he forces the disciples to confront their fears because it because it is then that they will see what they carry in their hearts. So I think that just so, so beautiful that Jesus knows us that well that, you know, sometimes you're like, why, God, are you calling me to this situation or what have you? But he knows that you have it in you. He's not going to put you into any danger. Um, And what they're right, they're truly made of. So the disciples have just experienced before this the power of God. Jesus, right, so right before um, he told them to set off um, to cross the sea, he multiplied the bread and um, the fish to feed the the 5,000. And that experience, but they, like, that experience of God does not preserve them from their fear of abandonment. So I feel as though they might think, that they're being abandoned, right? Because Jesus wants to be alone for a little while, so He tells them to go off. But it doesn't because He's always with them. He knows what He they have in them and what they're made of, so He knows that they can do it. So that's one of the things that stood out to me. Uh, Jenny, what is something that stood out to you?
0: Yeah, um, I, that was beautiful, and I think that's like very clear so I like what you said of like before they got to experience this miracle by Jesus and I kind of think of this as like a retreat moment for the disciples of like they're on this like what we would call Jesus high where they like like in tune with him they got to see this miracle they're like oh my goodness like this is crazy I feel so close to him right now Um, but like any retreat you have to leave. You can't stay in that moment. Um, as much as many of us desire to stay in that moment, I know for me, whenever I go on a retreat, whether it's to Extreme Faith Camp, whether it's on a CYE retreat, whatever it is, like I just want to stay in that moment and I don't want to leave. I'm like, can I just stay here? Can I like, be on this spiritual mountain for the rest of my life? And... Jesus is like, no, you can't. Like, You need to go out now. You need to talk to people about what you experienced. And this is, becomes very evident in this particular scene of the disciples being like, I want to stay here, Jesus. Like, I want to stay by you. I want to stay this close to you. I just watched you do this amazing thing. Don't make me go away. And the line that stood out to me was actually the very first line, which it says, Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. The, when I first started reading this, the word that like bothered me so much was made. I was like, Jesus never makes us do anything. He never makes us go out. He never forces anything onto us. Um, so like the good theologian that I tend to be some days, especially when I'm frustrated with scripture, is I looked up the Greek translation, which heads up to people, do it, like if there's a word that's bothering you, go to the Greek translation of the Bible, um, because that's when, that was the original text of the Bible, and a lot of times they use words that we simplify into something else so it actually brings a whole new meaning to the passage so for example made in the greek translation um comes out to be necessities which means a necessary result and if you take the latin version of that it's which means to be needful so in other words like The author was saying, like, this was an experience. This was a thing that was needed for the disciples. They needed to go off. They needed to go ahead. They needed to do this in order. And we see this at the end. They needed to do this in order for them to have revealed to them the true reality of Jesus. How he truly is God and human in one And if they didn't do this, like if they were just like, no, Jesus, we're going to stay with you. We're going to bother you while you pray on this mountain. They would have never gotten this experience. And so it was in this necessary movement of not necessarily separation, because God's still present with them. Jesus was still present with them. But it just might have not felt like it for the disciples. And... So that, yeah, that was the biggest thing that just really stood out to me. And honestly, I, like, spent a week trying to, like, come up with, like, why? Why was it necessary? And then, duh, because they, without this experience, without them moving on, without them obeying Christ's command, they would have never been able to be revealed the truth of Jesus so actually you talked about how this is your favorite passage and I bet there's a bit of a testimony to this am I wrong
1: no you're not wrong <laughs> yeah so it is one of my favorite verses in that like I kind of I wouldn't like it just was brought up in my life so many times um, a few years ago. I think it was two or three years ago already. But, you know, I'm still trying to, to learn from it and like why it was brought up so many times. So, um, you know, there might there are going to be times when it, it seems like the Lord has really forgotten about us and our hope starts to fail. There is this inexplicable silence that obligates us to use everything we've got to stay afloat, just like Peter, right? He's drowning. The disciples, you know, better get to work. <laughs> they, they are called to discover how to face their, the unexpected storms of life, just like we are all today. And they are forced to learn to save the ship. When we are tortured by fear and discouragement, we struggle to even recognize the presence of God when he finally does manifest himself. So I had this because, you know, we were talking about, right, we're called to go and tell people about our experiences or tell people about God and what he has done in our life. But it's so easy to say, I believe in God to someone who like Jenny and I, we could say like, yeah, I believe in God and we can share those experiences, but we both share the same faith. And like some of my friends, like if I go and tell them or start to like say something about um, a retreat or something I've experienced in my life through God, they're going to be like, Ashley, you're crazy. Um, They, they're just not going to understand the love that God has for us because they haven't experienced it themselves. So, and I think the first person that we blame for this is God. At least it has been for me. So two or three years ago, like I said, I had a handful of deaths in my family. It was just, um, you know, my great aunt passed away, my cousin, um a great uncle it was it was just a lot and um a couple family friends and things so i wasn't really i wouldn't say strong in my faith life and i didn't really have a good relationship with god he was he was there but it wasn't He wasn't like a friend to me. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah, he like I know he's there, but I didn't know how to go to him. So I felt that distance. And when all and it was in a quick span of time that all of these people passed away. So when this happened, I was angry and I questioned if God really cared about me And I was like, why are you taking these people from me? Because they're such a big part of my life. And I didn't recognize God right in my midst, holding out his hand to me. And I, like, I don't remember, and I'm not going to remember the poem name, but it was on my cousin's um, prayer card that you get it, um, the you know, I don't, like a memorial card, I guess. And it was the poem about the man and so like the footprints. So I guess that's what it's called. And a part of it, the part that kind of I remember and what kind of sticks out to me is when the man asks, he questions the Lord about, you know, why he's only seeing One set of footprints, and he says, Lord, you said that once I decided to follow you, you would walk with me all the way. But I have noticed that during the most troublesome times of my life, there is only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, when I needed you the most, you would leave me. And the Lord replied, My precious, precious child, I love you and I would never leave you. During your times of trial and suffering, when you see only one set of footprints, it was then I carried you. And I think that is so beautiful. It just felt like when I took my eyes off the Lord looking back, that I was drowning just like Peter. But when I looked up at him, I felt like I was going in a new direction, a deeper relationship with him. And that's what I kind of, well, I, I grew to love this passage. And understood why it came up so many times because when he says you know oh of you little faith you know why did you doubt like i am always with you do not be afraid and i think i heard that be the do not be afraid is in the bible 365 times so like that is 365 that's how many days are in a year,
0: so do not be afraid like every day of the year, right like a leap year like a leap year there's two hundred and sixty six days, so in leap year, you have one day where you can be afraid <laughs> just that one day though like every every other year, day no like you you don't get to be no. but that one day, of the leap year february 29th, all your fears get to <laughs> stop you. <laughs> Actually, no. No one followed that advice. That was Jenny just being funny. No one followed that advice.
1: Please don't follow this advice. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of why I have grown to love. And it has become one of my favorite Bible passages.
0: That's so good. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And I really like what you said where, it, you know, he was sending you in to a direction that you didn't necessarily desire, that you didn't necessarily want. But like like we see in the gospel, it was needed. Like you needed to go down that path. And in a way, I think it's really easy for Satan to use those occurrences as vices of like doubt and fear of being like, oh god's pushing you away like you really messed up this time He, you know he doesn't want you anymore when it just like it brought me back to you at training this last time for totus two is one of my favorite quotes uh that we got from that couple of days was chris he had quoted from some other thing but i'm giving chris the credit um for this where he said sometimes you can't go straight up the mountain like as much as we think that we can go straight up the mountain and we would think it's faster in fact you have to follow the path which the path might lead you further away from the top of the mountain but it's going to be more fruitful better And it will eventually lead you to the top of the mountain in a way that is more beneficial for you growing in holiness than if you just walking straight up the mountain. And I think that you experience that. And I think, you know, we've all experienced that in our lives where there's been moments where we just feel like God's pushing us away or maybe we're pushing God away. But really rather than being able to climb straight up this mountain and go in the direction we want cuz i know as an individual i just want to go straight up the mountain i don't want to have to like do all these turns and loops and awesome backflips dude i wish i could do a backflip but anyways um in order for us to get to where god is but yet he desires us to go that way because in the long run, it's going to be so much more beneficial and fruitful for us to go that way. Um, so, man, this pa- I and mean, we could talk probably for hours about this passage because there's just so much good in it. But we only have so much time, and people don't need to hear us ramble all the time <laughs> for like three hours on this passage. So. On that note, we would like to thank you all for listening again. If you make it to the end of this episode and you didn't stop at Twilight, thank you. <laughs> we did have good material after Twilight, I promise. <laughs> um, and next, our next episode drops October 10th. And we'll be talking about friendships. Actually, how excited are you about our conversation on friendships? Oh,
1: my goodness. I friendships are the bomb. Dot com. you know if when you find those real authentic like friendships it just makes life so much better oh my goodness i cannot wait for this episode oh,
0: it's so exciting. And, it's, and it's in a book that like probably no one's heard about True. like or very few people like to be honest have you ever have you ever heard of that book that We're going to be reading out of... No. (laughs) Uh, So good. It's going to be great. So So if you want to know what the book is, um, tune in in on October 10th when we drop it because it's going to be so good. And, you know, people say don't use the Old Testament, but guess what? We're using the Old Testament and it's going to be awesome. So Ashley, would you like to like end us?
1: Yes. Oh my goodness. I had so much fun ending ending last time. I don't know. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's kind of a a fun, quirky phrase. I don't really know. I think I learned it from shout out to Father Patrick McConnell. Heck yeah. Um, Yeah. He kind of like taught us it and it's kind of been like our thing and we all kind of joke around and use it all the time. But um, yeah, so thank you all for listening again. And we're going to end this episode the best way we know how. So sing with the angels.
0: Rise with the saints.
1: Party with the Pope.
0: And get stoned with the martyrs.